Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside. Seven years ago, a unique and possibly subversive series of drag events took place in Auckland, New Zealand, called Disco Bloodbath. They were an attempt to shake up the world of drag in the city. Filming the events was a documentary filmmaker called Marcus Palmer. This month, as part of the Documentary Edge Festival, Marcus releases his documentary about the events and the community they evolved in, and it's called, appropriately enough, Disco Bloodbath. Marcus, really great to meet you, and you're um, about to launch Is it the premiere of Disco Bloodbath? World premiere, 24th of June... Uh, this Friday at the Capitol and then in Auckland and then Christchurch and Wellington and it's a huge huge deal for me it's my first ever feature film documentary that I've produced so probably the biggest thing in my life <laughs> Uh, well, I, um, looking at the uh, the credits, you didn't only produce it; you directed it, you helped edit it. So, you know, that's that's a big that's a big task. Yeah, it's really kind of a pers- very personal. I became part of Bloodbath, and you know, I was there with a the camera a lot, and so I became intrinsic to the group. Um, and that's what kind of gave me that amazing access and that they're talking not to some camera crew that turned up they're talking to what i felt as a as a, a, a an authentic disco bloodbather and someone obviously therefore that they could trust and they felt they could open up to yeah yeah that's right um it, you know and we kind of all knew that we were going through as things got tougher as the story developed um they knew i was there with them through the tough times as well so i have lived near Karangahapi Road, lived and worked for 18 years. I knew nothing about this until I actually saw the documentary. So so let's just unpick a little bit. What was Disco Bloodbath to begin with? That's right. So there was a, a group of performers that were frustrated with the local drag scene being conventional and and a bit tame, you know, and they wanted somewhere where they could really push the boundaries and express things that they couldn't do in these traditional drag places. So that's where it started, was out of that frustration to do something unusual. And it was, it's a very kind of small group of um, niche people. And so it was, you know, in the, in, the, in the drag scene, which is a subculture in itself, it was, you know, even more niche of that. So that's why you haven't heard about it, because it was such a, a short-lived but vibrant um, and particular scene. And so it was a series of events in 2015 at various kind of uh, almost underground grungy kind of places. Yeah, so mainly based around one bar called Whammy Bar. So the first night everyone turns up and it just blew us away at the the amount of you know buy-in from the, the community that was there. There was a real need for uh, a venue for people to do these crazy things. And so how did you get involved in it? I, in a way, stumbled across it because I was my friend... Uh, Drew Blood, Dan Vent, posted on Facebook that he was going to do his first drag show. So I thought, that's great, I'll come along and film that. And that became a little short story in itself, a little short film. And then about a month later, he says, uh, me and some friends are doing a new night. And so I turn up and go, okay, well, I'll just come and see what happens. And then it's like, this is the first disco bloodbath. So... I was there on the ground, and that's when the the stories. That's when I, the, the focus shifted from Drew Blood to okay. I've just this is something else. Um, but it did take me that first evening, that first disco bloodbath. I still, while I was shooting, and I didn't know what I was shooting. It wasn't until the next month where they, you know, we they said uh, we're 
where it got picked up as a monthly event and I met Frankie, the, the creator of it, and then it just started blowing up. And then I realized I was really lucky, you know, it was serendipitous that I was there for that one, that opening night. And I thought, well, I was there for the beginning. Let's just go as far as I can go. Did it shock you? Had you, had you encountered anything like this before? No, I'd never, never been into anything like that before. And for me, I've learned that, you know, I'd like to tell stories that challenge me and so that's what you know I was it was uncomfortable for me I was it was just something that I don't go out to those to clubs like that but that was also that kind of that challenging push pushback from myself was what I you know in a, in a weird ironic way was what drew, drew me to it because I knew okay well if I feel uncomfortable and this is challenging for me then it's going to be great for an audience but don't want to give too much away because obviously people you know you want to go go and have that cinematic experience of it uh, but there were uh, definite tensions and arguments within the group and some of that wider community that were accessing this and I'm wondering from your perspective because even though you're a part of it, you're detached because you're recording it. You're you're um, taking a you're creating these snapshots. So, what was your take on some of the conflict? Where, where do you think that conflict resided, and why it was there? Right at the beginning of the night, when Frankie, the creator of Disco Bloodbath, and Drew explained to me that this was a place where there were no limits on what kind of performance that you could do. That it essentially existed outside of all the social norms that are created uh, that exist i thought great well that is for me that's the story that's something i have never i clicked in my head i've never seen that told in a story and certainly not seen in it told this way so that idea of following a place where there are no limits there are no restrictions on what you can do i want to see where that goes and so when the conflicts that there, there were conflicts and storylines that I didn't follow because they they didn't relate to that one core concept, that one core story idea of a place without limits. So, the conflicts that you see in the film are, are around the the hitting those limits, and they come from not just from you know outside of the group where suddenly someone's doing something that is uh, abrasive to the. To, to a wider audience, to the public, but also there's limits reached within the, the, the disco, the performers themselves, the disco bloodbathers themselves, where, you know, they might hit a limit on what they can personally do. Um, again, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a case of a drag queen who had a specific name that people found offensive, and what I, what I found really interesting about this documentary was this notion of freedom and the the freedom of expression to take art in a certain direction but then the kickback from people who didn't seem to mind uh simulations of some pretty graphic sexual content and other content that was really on the edge but a name of a person was challenging ostensibly yes the conflict starts with the name of a certain performer wanting to host the event and then what happens is there's pushback from the public about this person's name that wants to host the event. And But if you look closely at what happens, it is the way that that is dealt with within the group mm-hmm. that, that 
starts breaking it apart, that starts to unravel it. So it's not the it's not the name of the performer itself as such. It's the it's the way that the group reacts to it. And that is really a, a fascinating uh, human dynamic, isn't it? Because I, I was sitting there watching it and thinking, these people talking about being completely free to do whatever they want are now looking at censorship. And, that, and that, that's really, really fascinating. Yeah, and I believe in the ambiguity of the human experience. You know, there are no one's right in that argument. You know, if, if you look at that either side of the argument, it's treated, I believe, objectively. And each person on either side, whatever side, if there are sides, you, they have their say. And you could pick, if you wanted to pick sides, you could pick either side. It's that the pluralism of the, of the discussion. When you were watching that go down, did you get a sense subsequently that the entire community had changed because I, I kind of got that sense in the community that that were in the sorry in the film that that was a pivotal moment where things changed absolutely and that's why we, you know they knew I was going to turn up with a camera <laughs> yeah of course because <laughs> they knew I was part of the group and I knew how massive this was but there was always hope that you know it was a it was certainly an a an abrasive moment but there was always hope that hey that we you know we can get through this we can we can carry on and make this happen that was 2015 that's seven years ago uh and the film is just coming out now so i'm assuming there have been some challenges in getting this together or life intervening so so to explain that process of, of getting it out i've produced disco bloodbath independently and so that means i work in uh television for my main job and so i would Put, I would work on this film at night or on the weekends and put it down and go and work on a contract for a month or two months and then and then come back and pick it up and, and carry on working with it and then go away and do a contract and so forth. But that was actually a great process because every time I worked on it, put it down for two months and come back to it, I could see where this complicated story, where we could clarify it and where we could focus it in on where it actually what is this this one story that we need to follow and I had thankfully I had the help of an editor Samantha Spurlick who took a lot of that grunt work of um, of taking a lot of footage too and just forming it into something to, to start get going so it's a labor of love absolutely <laughs> and when I would be disheartened with oh, where is this going? Can I do this? Am I able to pull this off? I would sit down with what I had, maybe show it to a friend and, and just watch it with them. And every time I loved watching the film and I had a great feeling and I, it was like being back at a, an amazing party in this underground crazy fantasy world with some friends. And I thought that's what kept me going is that is that I just love watching this film. And if I can get it made, I know that an audience is going to love it too. What would you hope someone going into a theatre, and or you can see it online too, um, going in and watching it, what do you hope will be their experience? What do you hope they'll come away from feeling? What I really love about the film is it's essentially a dystopian world, but in a strange way, it's also a utopian world. It's a way where... You could go and just be free and do whatever you wanted in this crazy kind of dark subterranean world. So that's the experience that I think that I really love about the film. As, a, as what an audience should take away thematically or intellectually, it's that if you really want to say something, 
you should say it and have the determination to express that idea as as loud as you possibly can. I think what stood out for me, and I mean I've been connected to the queer communities since I came out, you know, my, um, around 20, I think what it said for me and what it, and what it says to a wider audience is you may look at somebody, uh, and in this case someone in drag or doing certain types of performance, but what they're dealing with in their private life and their friendships and their communities are no different to anybody else. So yes, they may be wacky, they may be wild, they may be doing all these outrageous things, but essentially we're all humans and we're all a bit wacky. Yeah. Does that, does that resonate for you? You're nodding there, smiling a little bit. Absolutely. This is what was the heartwarming aspect of this film. This is what you kind of walk away with with, this, with warm fuzzies, is that there, were, there is a disparate group of people who have, not all of them, but had some pretty hard experiences. And growing up queer, they've been had hard experiences, but fi- found a real family to work together with. Like, they found a real loving group to be part of. I've always thought of, in a way, that Disco Bloodbath is also a love story. It's these, this... <laughs> it's a love story where it's, um, you know, a, non, a non-binary person meets a non-other non-binary person and then they fall out (laughs) but you know sorry it's like a it's like a love story you've never seen before though and so the 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 final question for me is uh how has this experience changed you professionally it's been huge because from the moment the film got picked up at dock edge festival all of a sudden, I've had to learn a whole new career <laughs> about how to get a film to cinema, how to get a film out into the world, and how to publicise this this baby of mine. And But luckily, I've had enough years in the industry that I can fall back on amazing producers that can lead me along the way. But that is just stumbling down the path at, you know, 2 o'clock at... <laughs> in the morning, metaphorically, not literally, yeah. um, until I can find a way to, to make it happen. And it's, and it's happening. Like It is screening in cinemas, and it's blowing up, and that's a wonderful feeling. But I couldn't do it without the help from my friends. <laughs> as far as what the film showed me about the human experience, I really, going into the film, thinking back then, this was a time before pronouns were a thing, for example. Uh, this was a time I didn't know what non-binary was. And I didn't know what a bio-queen or a bio-king or a drag, exactly what a drag king is. And the film showed me that. And it, and it showed me this fluid, gender fluid, you know, gender is a spectrum. So it showed me that, uh, which was fascinating. Well, that's brilliant. Congratulations and uh, all the best for the uh, premiere. You must be a a mixture of excitement and nervousness, I imagine. I think there's going to be a huge amount of relief when I finally put my bum down on that seat with all of my friends and family and the community and watch that film.
That was Marcus Palmer talking about his new documentary, Disco Bloodbath. The film is part of the 2022 Documentary Edge Festival. There are links to the festival and also a website for the documentary itself below. Now, on my website, andrewwhiteside.com, you'll find lots more uh, interviews, reviews, and my opinion on a variety of topics. While there, you can sign up for my regular newsletters. They are chock full of interesting things, I promise you. Uh, And if you'd like to support my journalism, you can do so by buying me a coffee. Links to that are also on the website. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you soon.